Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest in rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino, joined by my co-host and bandmate. It's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? How's it going, Nick? How's it going, everyone? Before we get going here, make sure you drop to the bottom of the page. You hit subscribe. You hit the bell so you get the notifications when we have new videos. Be sure to check us out on Instagram. Be sure to check us out on Twitter. Rock Squad podcast is live right now. Nick, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, hanging out here on a, on a Wednesday night in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And um, let's just give the folks a little rundown of how we do the show. We'll be doing some tracks of the week a little bit later on in the podcast. Where we uh, give you some recommendations on our favorite tracks in the world of rock music news. We'll get to tonight's headliner topic, which is all about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2021 inductees, Foo Fighters, are among, uh, are among the inductees this year. So we'll be talking about that. We'll also be doing our opening act topics. We'll be talking about uh, Oasis announcing a Nebworth documentary. Biffy Clyro finished their new record and Pearl Jam launched a new digital hub where you can access so many of their shows. Uh, but first, let's get to this week's sound check. Dave, big release from last week. We did a rock album review on the channel for uh, Van Weezer, the new record from Weezer, which is it's doing pretty well. It's a bestseller online, as far as I can see on Amazon. It was already a bestseller. Um, and uh, actually, they might be making the top spot of the charts in the UK with the new album, Van Weezer. So it's been uh, it's been very popular with this new release. And the Rock Album Review, I, I gave it a four out of five. I'm really digging it. It is a great new release from, from the Weeze. It was, it's amazing. It's an amazing pop record, man. It's, it's, a, it's uh, definitely uh, what Weezer fans want and what, you know, it's, catering to everyone that's into that band for sure and uh yeah very enjoy very enjoyable fun kind of hard rock like kind of 80s throwback vibe on some stuff and uh there's like the crazy train there's like the crazy train song yeah that's like they sure. sample crazy train through the beginning and then yeah. you know like there's fun like stuff that weezer does like it's it's very weezer-esque and yeah. uh but yeah it's a great 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 record front to back lots of catchy songs like it was there's only one or two that i wasn't like really into like you know it was uh i listened to it on saturday afternoon i put the headphones on and it was a beautiful sunny day it sounded it was great i I really like yeah for sure especially in comparison to okay human which came out earlier this year which was this orchestral abbey road uh pop record they went back to doing the big riffs and the nerd rock uh, and I think there might have been something about the, the marketing on this record that really appealed to a mass audience, because uh, I think that Weezer effectively communicated that this was a vintage Weezer record with a little bit more of a hard rock twist. So and the title itself says that as well with Van Weezer, you very much expect uh, Weezer with a touch of Van Halen, which is precisely uh, what we got on this record. And uh, actually, it was funny. I went out for a drive on Friday night. I listened to the record while I was driving around. And then I came home and Weezer was doing a live stream on YouTube with iHeartRadio. So I turned on the TV and I'm like, hey, there you go. They're doing a show, sat down on the couch, grabbed a Coca-Cola, and then I watched uh, Weezer perform. It was great. And uh, yeah, this new record is fantastic. Um, We're both longtime Weezer fans. And I think it's just incredible that all these years later that we're still listening to a new Weezer record that excites us. And as you're saying, you're listening to it in the sunshine. It makes us happy. So I really do love this record. Love Weezer. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we're 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 longtime fans of the band, and we love when they put out new stuff. And um, you know, I was listening to the Green album earlier today too. And it's, you know, one. we I think you know we 
the way it played out with that band at the beginning, like the, with the space between the Blue Album and Pinkerton, and then uh, between Pinkerton and the Green Album, I think that I think that did something for people that like that band. You know, like mm-hmm. it was it, like the threat, like when Matt Sharp left, and it, it was like, well, will they go on? Like yeah. what? Like what was? And like <laughs> that weight, and like loving the Blue Album so much, and then then being like, oh, Pinkerton, and then Pinkerton not being as successful. And that like lingering, like, well, is that it? Like, is that what we got? Um, And then the release of the Green Album. And then ever since, just album after album after album after album. It's awesome. I'm totally stoked. I thought it was a great album. I think as uh, as songwriters ourselves, that we always really appreciate when a band really goes for it and releases a lot of music and writes a lot of songs. Um, There's just so much more to dig into. And when I was doing the Rock Albums Ranked video for Weezer, ranking 15 different studio records, you realize how much material is in there and how much good stuff is in there as well, beyond what we've heard on, you know, the first few records. So yeah, Van Weezer is definitely... Uh, it's definitely in the plus column for me, as I said in the review. So you can check out the Rock Album review for Van Weezer right now on the channel and the Rock Album's Ranked video for Weezer is up there as well. So let's get into the opening act topics of this week's show. The first one being Pearl Jam, another one of our favorite bands, have made 186 live shows available on a new digital hub. Uh, it's called Deep. This comes from uh, from Loudwire. Um, yeah, it's called Deep. It includes bootlegs from different tours that the band have done throughout uh, the 2000s. This is not new for Pearl Jam. They already did the bootleg series where they were releasing different shows on on uh, on CD for, for many, many years. Uh, but it's cool because if you go on this online archive, I was actually fiddling around with it a little bit before we, uh, we recorded the podcast here. Um, you can create your own Pearl Jam show set list. You can link it up with your Spotify account or your Apple Music account. Cool. Uh, you can go through the different shows. You can add songs to this playlist and then create your own custom Pearl Jam playlist. So I was putting together my own custom playlist um, with a bunch of my favorite songs. So I was thinking, you know, some stuff from Versus, Vitalogy, uh, No Code Yield. That's kind of my favorite uh, Pearl Jam era. Um, but, you know, what do you think of this, Dave? This is pretty cool if you're a fan of Pearl Jam and their their live shows, which have always been fantastic. Oh, yeah, man, this is great. Pearl Jam has been doing this forever. Like, they've always been on, like, the, the cutting edge of making sure that fans can get legs and stuff. Like, I remember a couple, like, probably, like, 10 years ago, right when flash drives were coming out, like, you could, at the merch stand, pay, <laughs> pay $25, and they take your money and you get a ticket. And at the end of the show, you go back to the merch stand and they give you a flash drive with the show you just watched yeah. on the flash drive. Like that's, you know what I mean? They're revolutionary at the time, yeah. Yeah, like I'm talking like 15 years ago. So like the fact that they're doing shit like this now, like let's be honest, like eventually the way everything's going to be with apps and, it, you know, you're just going to get the Pearl Jam app and you're going to have the Pearl Jam channel that casts your TV and, you know, that's how things are going to end up. And they're definitely on the, like the cutting edge of all that all the time. Um, and they treat their fans right. You know, they, they go above and beyond, whether it's like custom merchandise in each city or custom posters for each city. Like they always have so many things. It's easy to be a fan of that band, I feel. Yeah, for sure. And Radiohead did something similar recently. They have an online hub too. I think it's called the library or something similar to that, where they have different live shows and different things that you can go on there and access. And then we're talking about Weezer, Rivers, 
did something recently where he had his website, riverscuomo.com. I think he did it for a project that he was doing for some sort of class where he released um, different compilations of their demos of his demos in different, different formats for, you know, 10 bucks a pop you get, you know, however many demos and they're all in different stages of development and that kind of thing. So I think it's cool that these bands are, are allowing fans to dig a little bit deeper into the, into their archives, especially when it's a band like Pearl Jam or Radiohead or Weezer, where they have that massive hub of content to make it available for fans. In this case with Pearl Jam, making it available for free uh, is really, really cool. I think it's uh, it's super enjoyable to be able to fiddle around with a band's library like that. Yeah, and they've they you know they've been doing packages too for years and years where uh, they allow fans to buy like you know certain tours or certain sections of touring from year to year like right. you know two thousand two thousand and five to two thousand and ten the all you know the the ultimate edition you know and it's yeah. uh, a vinyl and a bunch of CDs and a bunch of singles and, mm-hmm. Mars yeah Holt they're awesome with that coming out. Yeah, Mars Volta is releasing uh, demoed ver- like the demo versions of the songs that that appeared on the, on the record. record. So it's yeah. like you know, diff- pretty much like different takes of what we all know mm-hmm. because they're earlier versions of. I think I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't deep dived yet, but it, it looks awesome. I love the Mars Volta too. So um, especially yeah. the, the first record. If you had to pick a couple of Pearl Jam songs that you would put in your ultimate set list, what would they be off the top of your head? For me, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Glorified G, Daughter, uh, maybe uh, Do the Evolution. I think that would go in there somewhere. Um, oh, and they, they vary up their set list all the time. So, they, you know, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, I love Do the Evolution. That's a good one. Uh, I love lots of stuff from 10, too. Like, yeah, go back you know, to the Alive, Alive and all, yeah, all the... All the all those songs are oh they're awesome. Man. Pearl Jam's a great band. I've seen them a bunch of times, and uh, they you know great live show. And Eddie's always passing around glasses of wine. And, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's you know I've seen them I've seen them before. I know like Madison they were Madison Square Garden show. I had that show on on DVD. I was gonna say yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And I was actually lucky enough when we we saw them one year in Chicago, um, where Ben Harper was playing at the same festival. Right, and so we got we got our own Ben Harper, Eddie Van Hale, or uh, Eddie Vedder uh, moment. But yeah, it's awesome. Like I just, I just dig the band, man. They write great yeah. great rock songs. You know, awesome classic. Of course. All right. Well, yeah, you can definitely go on there. Go to check it out on the Pearl Jam website. If you're a member of the 10 Club or not, you should check out the the deep online archive. Uh, getting into our next topic on the opening acts, Oasis. May they rest in peace. Not exactly an existing live band right now, but uh, the Gallagher brothers have become uh, producers on a new documentary that's going to uh, document their uh, their famous Nebworth show that they did in England in 1996. Uh, they've compiled all this footage that they had when they originally shot it back when the show happened. This was pretty much peak oasis when this happened in 1996. And uh, they said this new documentary is not going to feature any interviews. It's not going to feature any, any talking heads or anything like that, that they're going to use the footage footage of what happened of that on that day of the band and of the fans to kind of document how this whole thing um, 
whole thing went. And uh, it's no secret to anybody that Oasis is my favorite band of all time. Uh, they are the reason that I play music and the reason why I do anything uh, in life. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to this uh, this new documentary. And as I said, this was this was peak Oasis. If you take a look at any of the pictures or the footage of their Nebworth show in 1996, this is just after Morning Glory came out in 95. You know when they were you know on the on the cusp of even even bigger things. I don't think it really got any bigger than that. Um, but uh, I still maintain that Oasis is one of the best bands of all time. I think a lot of people doubt that, especially here in North America. Uh, there are a lot of, of Oasis fans, but I don't think anybody really believes just how big Oasis was, especially in England in, in, the, in the 90s. So I'm hoping this goes a little bit further to prove just how big Oasis is, and rightfully so, because... They are still one of the best bands of the 90s, if not one of the best bands of all time. They have the singles and the hits to prove it. And the amount of people that showed up at Nebworth in 1996 also proves it as well. So you can knock the Gallagher brothers. That's how I look at it. I know you're not as big of a fan as I am, but still. Oh, dude, I love Oasis. I think Oasis is awesome. You know, I've, uh, I've seen them a bunch of times. I've seen Noel Gallagher yep. uh, a bunch of times. Like, yeah, they're, they're def- I agree 100%. They're one of the best best modern rock bands of the last 30 years for sure yep. like they're definitely the top for me they're probably top 10 like they're in the the big the the big top 10 yeah um yeah man this this documentary or or concert video um looks awesome it looks amazing like the foot i've seen some of the footage and stuff and uh it looks amazing and that that like i don't think people understand how big that band was mm-hmm. at that time like right. this was a time when records were still selling and and bands were gods and it's <laughs> it's crazy man like you see some of the footage of that stuff it's like you know it's 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 you know it's awe-inspiring they're all yeah. at the, the height of their careers and they've had this great run going where they've put out this amazing record and everyone's in everyone all across the world has just been like oh yeah they're you know they're the next big rock band yeah and yeah. you're you know there's tur- like there's all the elements that need to be there to have that rock and roll story, you know, like mm-hmm. with the with the brothers and like the rivalry and the songwriting and the like it's it's just it's it's a perfect snapshot of rock and roll from that time, like mid nineties. Mm-hmm. This is what you get, and this is how people felt. Like that's the other thing too when you watch this fest- this show, like you see how people were at shows, like you yeah. see the energy and like the connection and the it's amazing I, I can't wait to see it like the footage looks amazing so i can't wait to to check it all out and hear all those hits again yeah for sure i didn't get to see oasis until the year 2000 uh once a, a lot of the original lineup had left and they played at maple leaf gardens in toronto so wasn't quite as big as nebworth in 1996 but uh 96 was the year for me that I, I became an Oasis fan or, or close to it because uh, it was in, I think, May of 1996. Let's go back. It's an anniversary. May of 96 is when I picked up Morning Glory on CD uh, at, uh, at a Tower Records in Toronto and completely changed my life. Um, yeah. You know, when you think back about the music that influenced you and there's always a band or an artist where there was kind of just that that catalyst if you're a musician that really turn or not even a musician but a music fan that really turned that on for you you know because we're doing a podcast here about rock music so obviously for the two of us aside from just being musicians that we love rock music to our core that is who we are who's what we do it makes up 
our, our DNA. And there was, you know, I'm sure for you, you know, when you first started playing music and getting into being a music fan, there was that, that switch that went on in your head and you knew that music was going to be your thing. And it was going to be such a big part of your life. And that's what happened for me. Uh, so even though I wasn't at Nebworth in 96, I was a 12 year old kid, uh, you know, 13 year old kid in Hamilton, you know, I was still vibing off of that. And it was still such a huge moment for me. So uh, anytime they go back to that period, I get the huge nostalgia vibes. Oh, me too. 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, let's get to our next uh, opening act topics, which is about a band that I still maintain. I'm sure you agree as well, Dave, that they are the best rock band on the planet, bar none. We're talking about the Biff. I'm on the Biff. Biffy on Clyro. The Biff. I'm on the Biff. Biffy Clyro. I'm on the Biff. We're on the red carpet at the Brit Awards last night. Dave, we're still in, the, we're still in the, the clutch of COVID here in Canada, but over in the UK, they're having the Brit Awards like nothing, nothing's happened. Yeah, um, but Simon, but Simon showed up like he was still in quarantine. Yeah, he was wearing pajamas. He always, he's, he always has a great fashion sense. Um, but uh, yeah, the Biff Clyro were on the red carpet at the Brit Awards last night, and uh, they gave confirmation that they have completed their new record, which is a follow up to a celebration of endings. We actually spoke about this uh, a couple episodes back. Um, but they said that this new record is not going to be a companion to a celebration of endings. Um, like they initially said, they said because of quarantine, because of COVID, they actually wrote a bunch of new songs and turned this thing into their next official studio record. They say it's finished, but it's not coming out until October, which I say is complete BS because why are you making us wait until October? Like just put this thing out now. Um, cause I can't wait for more Biffy. I know we just got, we had two records in the last two years, but that's not enough for me. I need more Biffy and I need it now. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> that's super exciting news. Uh, I love Biffy just like you love Biffy. Um, I, I don't know why they're going to, why they're going to wait. It's probably because they didn't really do like a full cycle with the last record. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like right now you're in a weird spot, you know, like, there's like if they if they move forward right now they've lost a lot of money on the last record do you know what i mean like it's like a weird like you gotta let it play out Mm -hmm. and but i think it's a tough call anyways but yeah like you're like you're right like maybe but you'll probably get a single before the album comes out so yeah like like, yeah like late july maybe uh, uh, a single comes out so it's not all like you know it'll come like that i'm i'm not gonna be too worried about that (laughs) the push through and and the fact that we have a new record at all is fantastic. Like, you know, like if you think back before um, the uh, like the two records ago, there was, there was talk that there wouldn't be any more records at all. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, it's great that, you know, just keep it coming. If it's coming, we'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Well, they were nominated for best British group at the Brit Awards, which they then lost to a, a pop group called little mix uh, who I'm not overly familiar with, but uh, it doesn't matter who they were up against. They were robbed for the best Br- British group. Not only, like they said, like we said, they're not just the best British group. They are the best, in my opinion, the best modern rock band working today. 
their music is, I don't know, it hits me in all the right ways, the way they present their music, the way they play their music, the, the epic nature that is Biffy Clyro. Um, it just makes me so excited. And the minute that they they said that they were done this new record, I tossed on a celebration of endings today. Just started rocking out um, because that tends to happen to me. Whenever a band announces a new record, they have a new record coming out. It always it always prompts me to go back and listen to to their stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, because I go through phases with bands where uh, I listen to their records for a long time and then maybe not listen to them for a while. Uh, I rocked a celebration of endings for a good couple of months before it uh, went by the wayside in my listening cycle, but. It's coming back in a big way. I can't wait for this. Biffy Clyro all the way, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm super excited, man. Like, and I feel they're they're one of those bands that keeps getting better and better and better too. So, like, you know, I really got into them like four or five records ago, and it just seems like it just seems that like I, I'm they're they they keep picking up speed. The snowball keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, yeah. like I've said it before on this show too, like it's a shame that North America hasn't embraced them the same way as Europe, because I think like a lot of rock fans in North America are missing out on like one of the premier um, big stadium rock acts. It's, it's blockbuster music. Of, That's what I call it. Of the 2000. Yeah, man, blockbuster music. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a shame that our, like the North America hasn't grasped onto that yet. But hopefully when festivals come back, you know, hopefully, you know, but like they're, they're so deep into their, their fan existence now it's tough to see that happening that like, like that big explosion in North America, but yeah. I definitely yeah. think it should, man. I think they get better and better. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were one or two songs on the new record uh, that, that could change the world. So yeah. we'll wait and see. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, yeah, there's, I'm always spreading the the gospel of Biff, Biffy Claro. So whenever anybody asks me if, uh, what's the band you would recommend? What's the band that you're listening yeah. to? They're always the first one uh, that comes sure. out of my mouth when I'm recommending a band because they, they can deliver. And I want to make everybody as big of a Biffy Claro fan as we are. So for yeah. sure. All right. Those are our opening at topics of the week. Let's get to this week's headliner for the rock squad podcast. And it's a, it's a big one. We've been waiting for this one, the rock and roll hall of fame, 2021 class inductees announced uh, for this year. We got, all right, Dave, let's, let's run it down. The inductees for 2021 Foo Fighters. Very wow. cool. Jay-Z very deserved. The Go-Go's yeah. Tina Turner, yeah. of course, Tina, Tina, Tina. Turner, Carol King, not exactly okay. rock and roll, but still well deserved. And You've got to be in there, man. Todd, be in Todd there. Rundgren too. Todd. Yes, Todd Rundgren as well, producer and uh, and songwriter. He is on the list as well. And then uh, Randy Rhodes, the late great Randy Rhodes, and the late great Billy Preston will be honored with the Musical Excellence Awards. Um, are you happy with this year's inductees? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's the same story every year because it doesn't matter who the inductees are because people are just going to complain. Every time you induct anybody into the rock and roll hall of fame, it's, it's, it's as much about who's getting inducted as, but as much as who's not getting inducted uh, is yeah. always seems to be the conversation. I remember I was looking online today on Twitter and Facebook and just seeing people say, how can you put the Foo Fighters in there? Iron Maiden got snubbed. How can you put these yeah. people in there before these people? And uh, a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast, we were talking about how, you know they should just go by seniority because the list is so backed up now that just yeah. just start you know from the earliest band and, and work your way through um are, are you happy with this year's inductees i think as much as i don't think the foo fighters should be in there just yet 
I am happy for them. They are one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, yeah, I think the Foo Fighters, like, that's one of those things, man. Like uh, any project that Dave Grohl has right now is going to get into the eventually going to get I think that might be have something that might have something to do with it is the fact that they're so uh present in pop culture right now with all the sure. different things that they've been doing uh, with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters yeah man I think like yeah I, I don't I don't think they uh you know people might think like wow you know it's just in so quickly but they they've been work they've been a working band for 25 20 five years yeah, like yeah, it's, plus, yeah. it's been a long time of being in a band most like the beatles are only a band for seven or eight years so like you take that it's like you know it's crazy you double yeah. up the lifetime of like a band and they put out quality things they've they've never really floated away they've always been relevant in modern rock which is something you know it's like the stones and classic rock or acds like it's like like these bands have just figured out their spot in that that scheme you know and i you know i people are pissed about rage people were like you know rage against the machine and i'm gonna say right now this is this is breaking news that i don't think rage against the machine should be in the rock and roll hall of fame that that's a hot take why do why do you think that well like i love like i love rage against the machine i think you know they're they're one of the greatest bands of all time now the reason why i don't think they should be in quite yet is they the longevity of the band has been compromised. Yeah, they have they have a few good, really good, great records, classic records. Yeah. But I feel that the reason why they've been left out, and I kind of agree with it, is that they kind of just stopped. You know, I feel like I feel like maybe that's the effect, like that's the factor where people were expecting more from them in their career. Right. And because they didn't do that and they didn't take that path and they decided to do other things that that is affecting their thing. And I, I kind of agree with it. I feel like not that, first of all, I, I don't really believe that the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame holds any kind of, you know, like it. if you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm sure you're very honored to be in it. But in the world of rock, it yeah. really doesn't much. No, it doesn't. Like, it, it's, it's, it's all bullshit. But I feel like, you know, bands to me that have that longevity, like an Iron Maiden, now, mm-hmm. Iron Maiden, I think 100% should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, they should. That being said, it's not called the Longevity Hall of Fame. It's called <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So yeah. maybe I'm flip-floppy. You know, if, if Rage got in, I wouldn't be angry. I get it. They're influential. They're a super influential band on me. Uh, but I feel like maybe the reason they d- didn't get it is because they haven't had that consistency through their career. And if that's the case, when you're looking at bands like the Foo Fighters and you're looking at bands like uh, Iron Maiden, who should be, who I think it's crazy that they're not, or even Tina Turner or yeah. whoever, else, whoever else is on that list, they've all just been through the decades pumping <laughs> out music. Yeah. And I feel that that's probably why, you know, and I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Now, if Rage is back together and they put out another record, maybe another two records, you know yeah that no doubt yeah no no (laughs) doubt in my mind but you can't be the hot show for a couple for a couple years and then go completely silent refuse to make music and be expected to be welcomed into the rock that's that's just how i feel that's how i i see it playing out where they're like well who you know but that being said it'd be a shame if they never got in because those albums are so influential and there's they're amazing records are some of my favorite 
But uh, definitely Iron Maiden, though. Iron Maiden should they have been, been there. Yeah, that was a snub. Well, if I was actually looking online um, and looking at just a little bit of a list of bands that are still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and some of these are actually pretty surprising. Uh, Jethro Tull, The Smiths. MC5, Judas Priest is another big metal uh, band that's been really? by the Rock Hall. MC5, really? MC5's yeah. not Pixies, uh, The Monkees. We were talking about The Monkees last week. The Monkees are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Crazy. Soundgarden's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Crazy. That we can, we can kind of pass that one because, again, they're a 90s band. A lot of 90s bands aren't in there yet. Foo Fighters have been around less than... than kind of the same situation yeah. as the Rage, right? Like, yeah, they were thing. a band. They were a band, and they had their their, their days, and they stopped. And yeah. Like, like, but unlike Rage, they they put it back together, and they, they kept yeah. it going, right? So, like, that's one of those things. Like, that's what I'm saying. But what about, like, Bad Company, Super Tramp, the Guess Who? Ooh. Ooh. Um, that's what I'm oh, saying. Like, does, does the more... Like I was saying, because every year, no matter who they induct, there is still the conversation about who they haven't inducted yet and how backed up they are. Does their continued snubs at all these overdue artists delegitimize the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Not that they we're putting too much stock in it. We know it's all just pomp and circumstance. It's not something that really matters when you think about true rock and roll. But if this is something that they're going to continue to do every year and continue to want people to think is important, should they just go back and say, listen, we're going to, you know, we're going to induct all these bands and then we're going to start fresh and go from a certain point. Because I think, I think that they just continue to hurt their legitimacy every time they, they overlook a lot of these classic artists. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, right? Like they do stupid shit like that all the time. They'll put in Lenny Kravitz at, at holding his American woman guitar, but the guess who aren't in, in the right. Like, like, yeah. You know, like, come on, like, it's just <laughs> doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. So, so yeah, I don't put I don't put a lot of stock in it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's all bullshit. It's all a politics and money. And like, it's start, it's starting to be more and more like Super Bowl halftime show and less about like who actually needs to be in it. And let's be honest, they could easily do an extra four or five every year. Yeah. And kind of cut down, five? you know, like, do we really need to vote if the fucking guess who? need to be in the rocker like give me a fucking break like jay-z's it but the yeah. guess who come on yeah. Iron made guess who all these people deserve to be in it it's just like how they never put rush in forever right like, what like are you kidding me neil young another one that they didn't put in for like i think you know what when, i think when rush did get inducted and uh alex life's into the whole blah 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 speech and he exactly. knew that it was a bunch of uh a bunch of hoo-ha and didn't really didn't really respect it. So exactly. yeah, if the musicians themselves that are being inducted don't care, then uh, perhaps we yeah. shouldn't either. But it's still, it's a very much a big topic in the world of rock music. Yeah. Uh, I am I am happy for for Foo Fighters because uh, they're they're one of our, our our favorite bands. And Dave Grohl, he's already been inducted with Nirvana, um, but the other guys deserve it too. Um, sure. I do think that they could have waited a couple of years. I do think that it could be tied to a little bit of how the Foo Fighters are very much uh, culturally uh, relevant in the pop culture and music worlds right now. They deserve it. I just think that they should go back and induct some of those older artists before they bring in Dave Grohl and the, and the boys. And you know what? They would be the first ones to tell you the exact same. Exactly. Dave, I'm sure Dave Grohl would say, let's induct Iron Maiden before Foo Fighters. <laughs> I think that would be right. I don't think Dave is thinking that he should be in there before, uh, before those yeah. guys. 
Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Like, let's be honest here. Like, let's, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward, I guess, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I'm sure there'll be some fun speeches and some performances. And uh, yeah. I guess with the COVID situation getting better in, in the States, that they'll be able to do some sort of live events. So that'll be uh, that'll be really cool. So that is our headliner topic of this week. And those are all of our topics for the Rock Squad podcast this week. Going to wrap things up. But before we do, Let's get to our tracks of the week, which are our, our uh, rock recommendations of the songs that we're listening to right now. Uh, if you want to check out the Rock Squad uh, tracks of the week playlist, it's up on Spotify right now. All the songs are compiled there in one handy playlist so you can rock accordingly. Um, I'll do my tracks first, Dave. Uh, one of them being from the new Weezer record. This is probably my favorite song on, the, on Van Weezer, which is All the Good Ones uh, is, uh, is my favorite song on Van Weezer, as well as Sheila Can Do It which is a song that Rivers wrote back in the 90s that they put on this record. So those are my tracks of the week. Dave, what do you got? I got I got two. Uh, like I said earlier, me too. I was listening to Weezer because I was in a Van, Van Weezer mood. Um, I was listening to the Green Album outside. So, uh, you know, outdoor, hangout, barbecues on, throw on Green Album, listen to Island in the Sun. Yeah. You know, good mood, good vibes. And um, also, my second one, I, I don't know, I've been listening to so much, but today I was listening to a record I hadn't listened to in a while, and it's a great Canadian band. I was listening to the song Try Honesty by uh, Billy Talent. Nice. So those are my two picks for this. Yeah, that first Billy Talent record is still deadly. Uh, when Try Honesty came out, that song really, really exploded on the radio, and I remember that was the song that introduced Billy Talent to the world at large, and it's still a killer record, killer track. Yeah, man, it's, they're a great they're a great band, and they're they're an overlooked band, I think too. Like even though they have lots of success, I think like they don't get the the props they deserve because you know um, we talk about it all the time about who's carrying the torch for live music in our country and who's uh, you know and they're they're the generation after the Our Lady Peace and the uh, I Mother Earth and the Tea Parties yeah. and the Big Wrecks and stuff. So you know they're they're at the forefront for us and. Uh, uh, they don't get the, the the recognition as they should because there's a lot of bands that are influenced by that band. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of those guys are, uh, you know, deep into our Canadian music scene. And they're one of the only bands at that level that do international things, do huge international festivals. And, uh, yeah. you know, so for hard, for hard rock, edgy, punky, grindy rock, um, mainstream rock, they're definitely one of the leaders in our country, you know, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I dig it. And that first record rocks. Yeah, I saw them actually. They opened up. This was in 2002. Um, they opened up for I'm Mother Earth uh, when I was at when I was at Western, when I was in university. They opened up for I'm Mother Earth at a local bar called The Drink. And I had never heard of Billy Talent yet. This was before the record came out because that first record came out in 2003. This was the fall of 2002. Uh, and they came on and they just killed it. And they played a lot of those songs. And I still have, it's like, I think maybe a three or four song EP, free EP that they gave out to their, uh, to the people at the concert. And it's got a bunch of those songs from the first record on it. Uh, and so, uh, 
Yeah, it was super cool. So that is it for our uh, episode of the Rock Squad podcast this week. We want to thank a lot uh, for everybody for watching this episode of the the show. Um, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. We're here on YouTube as a uh, as a YouTube show. We're available wherever you get your podcasts online, whether that be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor. Uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Rock Squad Pod. Uh, we're in a band. We're called Fools Union. So if you want to check out our music, we're at foolsunion.com. We're on available on all the streaming services. And uh, where can the folks follow you, Dave? You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram, Red Coast Records. What a fantastic show, Nick. It's always a pleasure to see your beautiful face in these <laughs> trying times. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you can follow me at The Walking Nick. We'll see you again for another episode of the Rock Squad podcast. Thanks a lot for watching. Rock on, Dave. Rock on, Nick.